Hello friends, greetings to you on this first Sunday of Lent. Every year for centuries, about 40 days before Easter, Christians have embarked on a journey. We turn our faces in the direction of Calvary, the hill where Jesus was crucified, and we start walking toward it. We allow the cross to come into focus again. We remember that the cross is the anchor of our hope. Because on the cross, we see the depths of God's love for us. We see the lengths God takes to forgive us and to reconcile us to himself. So welcome. Over the next six weeks, each Sunday, we'll take some time to walk on this journey together toward the cross. Each week, we'll slow down with a passage of scripture drawn from the common lectionary. And we'll invite God to search our hearts, to clarify his invitation to each one of us, and to encourage us on our way. But first, why 40 days? Because Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. And so we enter Lent as into a type of wilderness. You see, wilderness isn't just a place. Wilderness can be a season. And in the Christian tradition, the wilderness is a season for soul-searching and prayer season for remembering our weakness and learning in humility to rely on God's strength. A season to be weaned off the distractions and cheap amusements of our world so we can reconnect with God, our deepest source of joy. Our passage today is from the Gospel of Matthew. And as I read this passage, picture Jesus alone in the desert for 40 days, hungry. At the end of those 40 days, he finds himself visited by Satan, who tempts him. As you listen to their interaction, what stands out to you about the way Jesus responds? Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. 
What stands out to you in this passage about the way Jesus responds? I'm struck by how forward, even brazen, Jesus is with the accuser here. This is a verbal battle in which Jesus cedes no territory, not even a little. And what I notice behind Jesus' forwardness is a deep sense of clarity. This is the kind of clarity one gains when one has been alone with God and with one's soul for a long time. Have you ever been in the woods, off trail, for any length of time? Pure wilderness. Perhaps in an open desert. There are no landmarks, no distractions or amusements. Your daily routine means nothing here. Whether you experience this as scary or thrilling, there is a sense of disorientation. The wilderness is a place of disorientation. But there's something I think redemptive in that disorientation. In fact, to some extent, it turns out that from time to time, we actually need to be disoriented. Here's why. Because over time, we tend to become oriented around things that were never meant to be the center of a life. These things may not be bad in and of themselves. They may actually be quite good things, but they may not be what we were meant to give our ultimate attention to. When we're in the wilderness, we're able to see more clearly what matters. We're able to realign with what's important and true, what's beautiful, what's eternal. We're able to realign with God. We also gain a sense of clarity and a deepened strength of soul. Do you see why we actually need the wilderness? In the Christian tradition, there are two kinds of wilderness, metaphorically speaking. The first is what I'll call an imposed wilderness. This is where your circumstances, whether your external circumstances or your internal circumstances, create a kind of wilderness. Maybe this is brought on by an illness or an injury, a loss, a depression, a disillusionment. That's an imposed wilderness experience. And then there's something that I'll call a chosen wilderness where you enter into a season of intentionally living without, living without some luxury or amenity, like Jesus lived for 40 days in solitude without food. What is Lent? Lent is a chosen wilderness. It's a time where we intentionally simplify. We do without something in order to become realigned more fully with God. For some people, this could look like giving of chocolate, or meat, or social media, or simply limiting those things. I recently heard a tea drinker say that for Lent one year he gave up milk in his tea and that that was no small thing for him. Giving up something for Lent doesn't have to be big or heroic, just meaningful. One year, I gave up dessert for Lent, which was actually pretty significant for me because I grew up eating dessert as if it were part of a balanced diet. Um, I loved dessert. 
But the neatest thing happened to me that Lent, something I could never have predicted. I noticed that I began waking up earlier each morning, and that in the mornings I felt more fully awake. And since I was more fully awake, I decided I would take my morning prayer time for a walk. And so instead of having my prayer time in my bedroom, I had it uh, walking down the sidewalk in Boston where I lived at the time. And during that Lent, I began to feel physically better than I had for a long time because I didn't always get exercise in the morning, but that was a new routine for me during that Lent. And my prayer time became really sweet, no pun intended. Another way to step into Lent as a chosen wilderness is actually to create intentional space for prayer or spiritual reading or reflection, which is another way of giving up something because you're giving up that time in your schedule in which you could be doing something else. If it weren't Lent, you probably would be doing something else. What about simply taking five minutes for silence each morning as part of your time of prayer? Silence can be a particularly rich wilderness. As we wrap up our time together, what is the Spirit's invitation to you? The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Is there any way in which the Spirit is inviting you into the wilderness this Lent? As you enter the wilderness, expect to be disoriented. Expect it. But also, expect a gradual clarity and a strengthening of your soul as you follow in the footsteps of Jesus and become realigned more fully with his Father and our Father. I'd like to close with a poem It's a poem and it's also a prayer by Stephen Garnes Holmes. And the prayer addresses God as a desert wind. This prayer invites God to bless and to sanctify our wilderness experience. Would you pray with me? Desert wind, blow through me. Expose me. Let the sun of your grace sear down to its bones my sin. Erode the stones of my wants. I walk among my desires, skeletons laid bare. Starve me of all but you. There in the wild, the empty, be my only food. In the harsh, be my only safety. In the solitude, my one true love. In my fear, bear me. In my aloneness, join me. In my weakness, be me. In this valley of my death, be my life, verdant and eternal. Amen.